this is Dr. Linda Price, and I am the Little Old Lady Professor. This is Podcast 2, and the title for Podcast 2 is What Do Learning Disabilities Mean to Me? Now, last time in Podcast 1, we talked about the whole concept of invisibility. And as you remember, the title for the whole series is Are You Invisible? And then we talk about tips and tricks for adults with learning disabilities and dyslexia. Well, we talked a a lot last podcast about why you may feel invisible, what that feels like. Now we're going to talk about the second part of that title, what learning disabilities actually are. And let me give you a couple examples to see if any of this sounds familiar to you. Maybe you um, have you're a student in a class and you've gone up to your instructor and you've asked for extra time to take a test and you've explained it's because of your learning disabilities. Your instructor looks at you like you've lost your mind and he says very quickly, well you can't have that. Nobody else in the class gets it. Why should you get it? Maybe you have been invited uh, to your family Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody's got to cook something. You've been asked to bring your grandmother's apple pie and instead you bring a chocolate cake. And your sisters become very frustrated with you and they go, oh yeah, you're doing this again. You're mixing everything up. And you say, no, it's because of my learning disabilities. And they just look at you like, come on, we live with you. And they just look at you with irritation and disgust. Maybe you are called in to your work by a um, by your supervisor and she shuts the door and she says, you know, I'm going to have to do a performance evaluation on you very soon, but my real concern is that you keep missing deadlines for your projects. And you say, oh, okay, let me explain that to you. That's because of my learning disabilities. And your supervisor says, well, I don't know what those are. You didn't talk to me about that when you got the job. And she looks at you like you're stupid or you're dumb. Any of those three situations you're going to feel invisible. And you're going to feel invisible specifically because of your learning disability. And I thought, you know, if lots and lots of people in the United States have learning disabilities, what is one of the things that's common for all adults? We all go to work. And so I thought, I'm going to try to find some some studies or statistics that tell us more about American employers. I found out that there are over 156 million Americans that work every day, that are employed in some way, shape, or form, and that they are employed by almost 11 million employers. So those are the people that give you your paychecks. Those are the people that you report to every day. I thought, okay, piece of cake. Now I'm just going to find some studies that talk about how all of these 11 million employers feel about any of their employees that have learning disabilities or dyslexia. Guess what, folks? I could not find one, zero, nada, nothing. I could find no credible studies or statistics on how American employers feel about their employees with learning disabilities, if they understand learning disabilities, if they're comfortable offering accommodations once they find out that that person has a learning disability or dyslexia, nothing. And by the way, if any of you know of any credible research, if you'd share it with me, please do. I'd love to get it and I'll be glad to share it with other folks. 
So guys, no wonder you feel invisible because the people that are in your job or maybe in your home, maybe in your school, maybe that you hang out with in your community, they don't get it. They don't know what learning disabilities are. And so a lot of this particular podcast is going to talk with you about what specifically are learning disabilities and dyslexia. Now, folks, there are as many definitions for learning disabilities in the United States as Taylor Swift has boyfriends. And so I am not going to go into all of those millions or thousands or tens of definitions. There, I've given you a lot of information on the blog um, for this second podcast. It's just jam-packed with stuff about definitions and and ideas and links and all kinds of stuff for you to look at in terms of learning disabilities and dyslexia. I'm not going to go into that in this podcast, but I am going to give you kind of as a base that we can talk from what I consider the gold standard of the definitions for learning disabilities. This is from the National Joint Committee on Learning Disabilities in 1990. It's a big definition, so the whole thing is on the blog, but I'll just read you a piece of it. Learning disabilities are manifested or shown by significant difficulties in listening, speaking, reading, writing, reasoning, or mathematical skills. Let me give you that one more. Listening, speaking, reading, writing, reasoning, or mathematical skills. And in the United States, typically what we look at is we look at what we call specific learning disabilities that fall into four different subcategories. We look at dyslexia, which is by far the biggest category of folks that have learning disabilities, dyspraxia, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia. Also, many of you are aware that um, if you have a learning disability, if you've been diagnosed with LD, many, many, many people will also be diagnosed with ADHD or or attention deficit disorder. I am not going to go into that in this podcast because there are experts, greater minds than I, that have done really good podcasts on that, have done lots and lots and lots of other materials, some of which are listed on the blog. So we're going to focus just specifically in the umbrella term of learning disabilities and the largest subcategory of dyslexia. At this point, I'm going to stop, I'm going to give you a break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about our tip today. Okay, because this particular topic, what do learning disabilities mean to me, is so seminal to all of the rest of the other podcasts, I am only going to give you one kind of primary key tip today, and then I'll give you three tricks that you can use with that. The tip for today is to what to ask yourself this question, what is your learning disability? And not to tell me back or not to tell yourself what other people have told you, maybe, you know, through your old IEPs, maybe through um, what a doctor said or a psychologist or whatever. Uh-uh. We're not going to talk about what other people are saying. We're going to talk about what you honestly believe are your learning disabilities. So what is your LD or what are your specific learning disabilities? The first trick for that is um, I've put together just a 
a set of really, really short questions to get you to start thinking. And by the way, there's a much more expanded version of this on the blog if you're interested in looking at that. But these four, these quick questions are based on the four different what we call specific learning disabilities in the United States. The first one is dis dyslexia. And remember again, people with learning disabilities have average to above average intelligence. This is a neurological processing problem. It's something that happens within the brain itself. And you're born with it. In many, many cases, we have no idea why you were born this way, but you are, and you will live with it all of your life. So having said that, if, if you've been diagnosed with dyslexia, or maybe you suspect dyslexia, Ask yourself these questions. Do you need to read a sentence or a paragraph three or four times before you get it? Do you mix up letters or forget them entirely when you're writing? Do you misspell common words? And in many cases, you'll take the same word and you'll misspell it different ways every time you write it or every time you, every time you write it down. Do you find yourself reading slower than most people that you know? And do you avoid projects that involve a lot of reading? Remember again, dyslexia means an inability to connect sounds and written symbols. Let's talk about dyscalculia. Dyscalculia is the inability to use mathematical symbols or math reasoning. So ask yourself these questions. Do you get anxious when you know math-related tests are coming up? Maybe like a meeting at your work where you're going to have to discuss finances or your, your latest uh, quarterly figures. Do you have trouble telling time on an analog clock? And an analog clock is the one that has the big hand and the little hand as opposed to a digital clock. Do you find it difficult to do mental math? So maybe you give incorrect change to somebody. Maybe when you go out to eat, you, you calculate just a crazy tip that doesn't match what your, your meal costs. Do you forget math facts that everyone else seems to know, like timetables or common formulas? Do you skip numbers? Or do you read a few of them backward when you're writing a long list? Let's talk about dysgraphia. Dysgraphia means the inability to write written symbols. So let, ask yourself these questions. Do you mix lower and uppercase letters? Maybe when you're writing or you're using consistent spacing between words or lines of text. Do you switch randomly between print and cursive? Do you have trouble filling out forms at work? Maybe uh, filling out forms by hand, maybe at work or at the doctor's office. Do you feel like you explain yourself clearly when you're speaking, but not when you're writing? Is your handwriting hard to read? Even you, you can't read your own handwriting. And are you told that you may hold a pen strangely or awkwardly? The, the fourth um, specific learning disability is dyspraxia. Dyspraxia involves the body in space. It involves either fine motor movements, like you use with your fingers, little delicate movements, or some people would call it eye-hand coordination, or it's large body movements, movements that involve the trunk, the arms, or the legs. So for ask yourself, do you have difficulties with fine motor skills, like tying shoelaces? God bless Velcro, right? <laughs> Fastening buttons, 
zippers, maybe um, doing things like uh, uh, sewing or painting or anything that involves fine motor skills. Do you have difficult? Did you have difficulty learning how to ride a bike when you were a kid compared to your peers? Do you have problems with team games like football and volleyball, catching or throwing balls accurately? Do you find yourself bumping into people, bumping into objects, tripping over things more than most people? Do you have, have you had trouble playing a musical instrument like a violin or a piano? And have other people told you that they think that you have coordination problems or that they call you clumsy? Any of those questions, and there are many, many more that are all covered on the blog, any of those might be an indicator that you have a kind of a specific learning disability. Another, so you, you may want to, one trick is you may want to find yourself a quick LD screening or an LD quiz. Some of those are listed on the blog. But again, just go back and, and look at those and ask yourself those questions. Obviously, if you've had a learning disability and you were born with it, you may have been, many people have been diagnosed at a much younger age. Maybe you were diagnosed in school. Um, but again, more and more adults are being diagnosed with learning disabilities after they leave public education as adults. So another trick is to go back and to find any of that documentation about your LD diagnosis. Now, I want to be very clear here. The questions that I've been asking you, the, the screenings that are on the blog, those are just screenings. That's like putting a thermometer in your mouth to see what your temperature is. It doesn't tell you that you have COVID. It doesn't tell you that you have, um, you know, that you have the flu. It doesn't tell you that you have pneumonia. All that thermometer does is just tell you that you have a temperature. And so you need to explore that further. That's exactly what you do with an LD diagnosis. Unfortunately, friends, I hate to be the voice of reality, but getting a diagnosis in the United States, and also, by the way, many other places in the world, is very expensive and very tricky and very erratic. If you are still in high school or if you were diagnosed when you were younger, that's free. If you want to update your diagnosis or if you want to get your diagnosis from scratch, it's not cheap, folks. And all of us are pinching pennies. I'm on a fixed income. Many of you are watching your money carefully. And on an average, um, the diagnostic testing runs anywhere from like 500 up to 2500 bucks. You don't just take one test. You take multiple tests. You will work with um, someone from vocational rehabilitation, maybe a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Maybe you you can go to um, your local college or university that is a psychology program or a disability office that can help you find somebody that can do the diagnosis for you. Maybe you can even go to some community mental health services, see if there's anyone that could actually do the testing. These people are hard to find. They have to be qualified. It's not cheap. It takes a while. Uh, there's a lot more information on that on the blog. So I'm not going to talk with you today about how to get an LD diagnosis, but if you have any questions, please let me know. So given those two things, here's trick number one. 
I want you to write your own definition of learning disabilities. And at this point, I'm going to stop again, give you a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to, to do trick number one. Okay, welcome back. Trick number one is write your own definition of learning disabilities. I don't think you're ever going to be able to really do and understand and implement all the activities that we're going to be talking about in these podcasts if you can't apply it to yourself. So I want you to write a definition of what your learning, your learning disabilities are and how they affect your life. Let me give you two quick examples and these are also posted on the blog. I have dyslexia. That means I have problems connecting sounds and letters and words. I'm smart, but it takes me longer to decode words and written language. Here's another example. I have a neurological processing problem that has been with me all my life. Although I don't know what caused it, I know it affects my life in many ways. For instance, I have lots of trouble with math at home and at school due to my dyscalculia. I also have trouble with calculations and estimates at work. Those are just two examples. So write yourself another definition. And at this point, we're going to stop and take our second break. And when we're done with that, then we'll talk about tip numbers two and tip number three. the fun of doing these podcasts is that I get to share with you lots of stories from my own experience. And the first story I want to share with you is in terms of tip number one, where we talked about writing your own LD definition. I said before that it's really, really important to understand your own LD, not from a theoretical sense, but how you live your everyday life. And this is a really good example. A number of years ago, my colleague and I were, excuse me, doing research in some local high schools. And I interviewed a young woman that just seemed like a Barbie doll. I mean, she was cute and sharp and bright, had lots of friends, just seemed like she was a poster kid for life is good. And I asked her, I said, you know, I've been looking at your LD diagnosis and um, tell me about your LD. Why, Why do you think you have learning disabilities? And she just started to laugh and she said, Dr. Price, are you kidding? She goes, I don't have a learning disability. That doesn't apply to me. And I said, okay, why are you having problems with reading? And she said, oh, yeah, you, you kind of like don't get this. She said, you know, <clears throat> I was a cheerleader when I was a junior, and I was at the top of the pyramid, and I fell. I fell off of the pyramid, and I broke my arm, and I had some other kind of injuries, and so I was out of school for a little bit. And she said, when I came back, I couldn't read. So she said, I don't have a learning disability. I just have problems with reading because I fell off the pyramid. Come on, come on. (laughs) My friends, you and I both know that's not true. But unfortunately, that's the way a lot of people feel. A lot of people would rather not understand what their learning disability is than go into all the work that we're going to be doing in these podcasts. But again, You can't step out of those shadows if you don't know what you're talking about. So let's take tip number two. Tip number two is to start 
talking to yourself and if you want to to others about the process figuring out what learning disabilities specifically mean to you so tip number two I'm going to suggest that you journal now I know you're going to come back to me and you go oh god Dr. Price don't make me journal please don't make me journal I will go I will have root canal surgery before I journal I'm one of you I totally get that over the years my friends would say to me come on Linda you need to journal about that or let's you know if you're having this difficult time in your life let's journal I would go out I would buy the pretty notebook I would get the special pen I would sit down journal for one or two days and I would go oh don't want to do this this is stupid I'm, I'm tired I don't have time for this I'm going to suggest a different approach to that I have found an absolutely wonderful app that's free that you can use to help you start the journaling process for tip number two. It's called Day One, and the link for it is, and more information, is on the blog. Now, I am a Mac person, so Day One works for my Mac, for my iPhone, and for my iPad. There are also wonderful, wonderful journaling apps for people that use, um, you know, other kinds of software, other kinds of computers. There's also some uh, suggestions for that listed on the blog. But the cool thing about day one that I think you're going to get a kick out of is that it's multi-sensory. It's very quick. It's extremely easy to use. And if you have an auditory processing problem, auditory memory problem, maybe attention deficit disorder, it's got a dictate function. So you don't even have to write. If you've got dysgraphia, you don't have to write it down. You could just basically talk into the app and it will journal your little entry for you. You can also put in each entry, you can put in like pictures. You can put in, you know, um, various items, anything visual, just like you would on your Facebook page. So I really like day one, and I would suggest that you start journaling this process, because trust me, if you follow me with these podcasts, you are going to change. And it's really cool and really wonderful to document those changes. Let me give you another story to to kind of um, illustrate that for you. I was working with, again, another young woman in a college setting, and I asked her about her learning disability. And she said, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And I said, okay, well, I get that, but we can't talk about giving you accommodations if you don't acknowledge the fact that you have a disability. And she said, you know, I'm still so confused about that. And she said, I think it runs in my family. And I said, why? What makes you think that? She said, well, she said, I was diagnosed with dyslexia. And she said, I used to go out and have these wonderful fancy lunches with my grandmother. She said, I was my grandmother's favorite grandchild. And periodically, we would both dress up and we would go out and have girl lunches. She would take me to these wonderful restaurants because she was quite wealthy and she would spoil me. And she said, it hit me one day when we would go out to a restaurant that she would always ask the waiter what the specials were. And he would tell us, and then my grandmother would say, well, we're both going to have those. And he would say, fine, and he would leave. And I looked at her one day, and I realized that she couldn't read the menu. We have been going to all these places to eat, and we've been doing all these things together. My grandmother can't read. 
And when I asked her about it, and she finally opened up, I think she has dyslexia. I think she has dyslexia just like mine. But nobody had ever talked about it. Nobody had ever dealt with that in our family. And so after this young girl shared with me that story, I started giving her resources on dyslexia, and we started talking about it more in depth. And she actually went back and talked to her grandmother about it. So I think it's that process that we go through as adults that is probably one of the most valuable things that hopefully you will get from these podcasts. Let's talk real quickly about tip number three. We're going to stop one more time, and then we're going to finish out this podcast. Okay, here's tip number three. Again, another story. This is to get yourself a piece of survivor jewelry. Survivor jewelry means get yourself an item. If you don't want it to be a jewelry, it could be a ring, it could be even a picture of yourself, make a scrapbook, you know, anything that will remind you that you have survived a war. And here's the story behind that. Um, I have another friend that was going through an incredibly bad divorce. And she came to see to a meeting one time that I was attending. And she had the biggest, ugliest piece of jewelry I've ever seen in my life. It was this huge brooch. And it was covered with stones. And it had stuff hanging off of it. I mean, it was gigantic. And she had it on her blazer. And I said, what in heaven's name is that? And she said, this is my survivor jewelry. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, I went and I took my husband's um, gold American Express card and I went to Saks Fifth Avenue and I bought myself the biggest, gaudiest, most expensive piece of jewelry that I could find to remind myself that I have survived a war, that I have survived the war of that marriage and the war of my divorce. And think about it for a minute, my friends. When you go to war, if you survive it, you get a, and you do wonderful, brave things, you get a purple a purple heart. Maybe you get a medal. Maybe you get a, a, an iron cross or something. You get a tangible thing that reminds you, I survived those struggles. I survived that war. And anybody, I dare you to look at anybody that has learning disabilities or dyslexia as an adult and not realize that they are a survivor. You have made it. You've gone through all those wars. And so I want you to find something that you could wear or keep in your pocket that will remind you that you are a survivor. On that note, my friends, I am going to end podcast number two for today. The way I always tell you, um, you know, Check out the blog. Boy, there's lots of cool stuff on the blog today. And I hope you'll use some of that. I really, really, really also hope that you will send me comments. You will send me feedback. You know, I'm sitting here in my little study in South Louisiana. And I love hearing from you. So please send me some information. Last but not least, as I always say, please pass this along to your friends. Please pass this along to anybody you think that's going to listen. And subscribe, 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 so I can keep doing these podcasts for you. 
Podcast 3, which you'll be getting next, talks about accommodations. Since you already have a good idea now, hopefully, of what your learning disability is, now we're going to talk about the next step, what you need to do to compensate for it or to actually deal with your learning disability. You know, at this point, I'm going to end podcast two by saying what I always say. It's important for you to step out of those shadows. You know, I want you to live the life that you're supposed to live. And that's this goodbye from the little old lady professor. Talk to you soon. (music) 